Hello everyone, welcome to Ruth is Stranger Than Fiction. friends we're back again it's me ruth mcphee and with me of course chris rogers hello hi chris hello now we have a mini stranger for you today which is a subject i've been lining up for a while it's given rise to a little song in our house which we might hear later (laughs) and today we will hear the story of mother lumpkin's hole oh no yes mother lumpkin's watery hole (laughs) the time has come chris The time has come. And this story will take us around Suffolk a little bit. It will take us a little bit around the rest of the UK. And then at the end, a bit surprisingly, it's going to take us to Cape Cod. Oh. I know. What a surprise. So Mother Lumpkin's Hole, Mm. simplistic as though it may be to start with, it leads us in all directions. (laughs) What a wily hole. Oh, God. So many hole jokes. (laughs) Let's crack on and see how we do. We're drinking, of course. <laughs> of course we are. And I should let you know, we're recording this straight after we recorded last time's episode about Old Winter. So we've been drinking quite a lot of strong homebrew. Today's homebrew is the old favourite, Jenny Berntas. Would you care to just remind us a little bit about Jenny Berntas? Yeah, I mean, it's just a very basic American pale ale. Oh, it's nice though. Oh yeah, it's nice. Yeah, sure. Really nice. Quite hoppy. Got a good a good fizz to it. Columbus hops. Mmm. Great. Okay. Mother Lumpkin's hole. What kind of hole is it? Who's Mother Lumpkin? Yes. What's going on here? (laughs) You've took the words right out of my mouth. We're in Suffolk again, back in Suffolk. And the hole in question is located near Middleton. And that's not too far inland from the coastline. So uh, right away, the hole is separate from the being of Mother Lumpkin. Yes. If anything, Mother Lumpkin's in the hole, not the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god perhaps it was a mistake to, <laughs> maybe we should have done this one first to bring up mother lumpkin's hole <laughs> what the hole is it's basically it's a deep hollow in a river okay so it's one of those bits where the river goes along tumty tum and then you've got like a, a kind of pool yeah. which forms and the you know it's a bit deeper than the rest of the river it's maybe a right. bit wider at the sides and then the river goes on afterwards like an oxbow lake no oh my god must we have this discussion again no sorry about the oxbow lake early on in our relationship i'm not sure how but it came apparent that chris did not know what an oxbow lake was and he hadn't had that lesson in geography where you have to draw the stages of the formation of the oxbow lake maybe four drawings you know what i mean Every school child has to do it. I wonder if maybe I've just forgotten about it. I've got, think, I've got a GCSE in geography. Well, I haven't got that and I know all about Oxbow yeah. Lake. I wonder if you were ill that day. <laughs> it's really a very Didn't basic lesson. The There's no like follow up Oxbow Lake lesson. But anyway, I bet you all know exactly the diagram I mean. Except poor ignorant Chris. <laughs> I drew him the diagram. He wasn't grateful. <laughs> oh, I was. I've just brought it up in for conversation now. <laughs> yes, but incorrectly. Well, I was asking a question. An oxbow lake. I know what it is. <laughs> okay. So what we're talking about here is It's just is a not... hole in the river. It's... But you, you think of that oxbow lake diagram. Yeah. The bit off to one side that becomes the oxbow lake. 
it could start as a hole in the I river. suppose it could. Yeah. Yeah, fine, fine. I take all my criticism back. It's a hollow, a deep hollow. <laughs> you wanted to get off that subject quick. <laughs> a deep hollow in the Minsmere River. Where's that? It runs from Yoxford. Where's that? Suffolk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, out towards the sea. Okay. So it's, I mean, it's Suffolk. Yeah. You want, you want... Well, no, uh, I just, I, I don't know where I'm Yoxford is. Okay. I mean, it's that middle bit. So Saxmundham okay. is around there, that kind of thing. And then, yeah, the Minsmere River goes out from Oxford to the nature reserves, you know, that are yeah, along yeah. the coast and it goes to the sea. And Middleton is on that journey. And there's a bridge called, I think it's called Rockford Bridge or Rockfield Bridge. And, and that's around the location of where the, the pool is. The hole, sorry. I'm not talking about <laughs> Mother Lumpkin's pool. <laughs> no, that sounds fine. Yeah. That's no problem, is Party it? Party at Mother Lumpkin's. <laughs> And as so often happens, some folklore has grown up around this pool or hole. The story goes, a baleful creature dwells in this part of the river, lurking under the water and waiting, should anyone be foolish enough to venture by the bank or, God forbid, into the water itself. The creature will snatch them, snatch them under, and that will be the end of them. Along with this, there are tales of other strange goings on. In the Deep Hollow, Alan Jobson, author and chronicler of Suffolk life, lived in the area of Middleton and he recalls in his 1969 book, Suffolk Remembered, that he was warned as a small boy not to go near that part of the river. It was said that the water teemed with carp as large as pigs (laughs) and pike the size of baby sharks. Furthermore, rumour maintained that a whole horse and cart had once vanished into the hole after mistakenly driving into the water. Does that sound familiar to you? Sounds like the curse of... Well, that sounds like the uh, woman in black. A whole horse and cart going in. A horse and cart going into the marsh, yeah. Yes, and do you remember the Shrieking Pits? Oh, yes. When we talked about the Shrieking Pits in Norfolk. And they were those mysterious holes near the Norfolk coast, some of which are... North Reps. Yeah, North Reps, some of which are um, just a bit overgrown and then one of them particularly has become a kind of a lake and it's rumoured to be haunted. But there was also the exact same rumour or the exact same kind of story about that piece of water was that a whole horse and cart <laughs> had accidentally driven in and just completely disappeared and never seen again. And I'm sure that there would be similar tales of different pieces of water I think I'm right all in over saying the that carp will eat flesh. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you know, that, well, maybe you don't. Those big, big carp, you get really big, ugly carp. How, like, think... how big when you say big? Oh, like... 40, 50 pounds. Can you do that in kilograms? Uh, what, a kilogram is 2.2? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, a kilogram is 2.2 pounds. So, like, 100 kilograms. Is that right? I feel like uh, both Do it in terms of... So, me. is that... Mm. I can just see, like, an image of, like, someone like Chris Tarrant, you know, <laughs> holding a massive carp. I don't think Chris Tarrant's known for his fishing abilities. He's, of course he is. Chris Tarrant? Yeah, he's famous for it. Is he? He's a massive carp fisherman. Wow. Okay, all right. Not Chris Tarrant. Uh, no, fine. Paul Gascoigne. I, mean... <laughs> I can see Paul Gascoigne holding a massive carp. I think it's it's the size uh... of Paul Gascoigne's torso. Oh, that's big. Yeah. Now or then? Uh, middle-ish. <laughs> okay. Well, that's really big. Yeah. And you think that that carp will eat, will, will eat well, flesh? Well, I, I, I think they will. I think I've heard stories about it. And I think my dad, a keen fisherman, would use a luncheon meat as bait. I don't know if that's specifically for carp. But, oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So what you're saying is... Perhaps stories are true, but the carp were eating them. Yeah, so the carp are getting Big. a hankering for, for flesh. Oh, it's just like river it. monsters when the, the cat... <laughs> That's exactly always, what it's like. Yeah, it's always catfish and they've always like, oh, they've got a taste for human flesh. Yeah, exactly. Same wow. thing. 
Okay. And what about the pike the size of baby sharks? Well, pike have got uh, sharp teeth, I can tell you that. Yeah. So, again, it could be... Yeah. And the horse and cart? Uh, the horse, conceivably. The cart, it's <laughs> hard to imagine how that's going to go down. And the baleful creature snatching mm. you under. <laughs> well, that's probably a cart. Yeah, okay. They are quite baleful. Yeah. Ooh. They do have that sad mouth yeah. downturn, don't they? Yeah. The downturn mouth. So, anyway, there's, look, probably some basis of fact in Tales of Woe from this part of the river. Whether or not it's a horrifying being called Mother Lumpkin <laughs> waiting to drag you into her hole is a whole nother matter. Ah, so Mother Lumpkin is the horrifying being. Well, I can't find any clarity. <laughs> is the hole called Mother Lumpkin's Hole just because of, you know, maybe someone called Mrs. Lumpkin lived in that area yeah. once? Yeah. Or is the creature itself Mother Lumpkin? Okay. And I'll tell you what I've surmised. Yeah. The creature's called Mother Lumpkin. Okay. I'll tell you my reasoning. Okay. I know you like some logic. Yep. Now, this is a very sort of similar folklore story to a similar thing that we see all around the country and that is the idea of water hags <laughs> or like water demons but very particularly the idea of a kind of old hag that lives under the water and waits to snatch children and snatch them down into the water eats them yep. drowns them who and god that's knows how she remains young well, no, because she's not young. Oh, that's how she remains, at least the same way she is already. Yeah, <laughs> she's haggish. So what I think, because of similar stories around the UK, it kind of makes sense if Mother Lumpkin is the, the baleful creature. Mm. So that's the kind of the context there. There's actually a similar story quite nearby, not us, but to Lumpkin's Hole, at Rendlesham, which the keen observer of Strange Goings On may know from the, what's it called, like the Rendlesham Lights which is a UFO sighting, basically. Oh, okay. But as you, I think you, we've discussed before, there's like US air bases in the area and all that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. But who, there's who'd also. Have thought there'd be so many UFO sightings in the US. There's also a very similar piece of folklore around a area in Rendlesham, which is called, or it's just a little pond, but it's been called the S Pond because it's an S shape. And the. You mean a double oxbow lake? <laughs> Just a wiggler, yeah. So that's in that's in stage two of the four diagrams. <laughs> so the Rendlesham mermaid is a very similar idea. It's this specifically female creature that lives in the pond and children were warned that if they went near to the pond, if they played too close, the creature would. I have a quote from an old gentleman who lived... <laughs> At the time, and he it was told in a Ipswich news story, um, told if they got too close, the creature would chrome them in. Chrome them? Chrome them in. And it seems that chrome refers to a pond raking tool. Oh, okay. Like the moon rakers. Also known as a croom, or in other areas, a drag fork. Right, yeah. Boring. Okay, yeah. And it's basically like a tool, which is a, a stick with like these Spikes really the fierce looking four like tines. Yeah at 90 degree angle which you would like drag weeds off the surface of the lake but it was said that the Rendlesham mermaid would croom you in so she would like oh she would have this big a reverse crooming <laughs> yes a crooming from within crooming filth into the lake <laughs> rather than out so I like the idea that she's at some point like grabbed a cream off someone and she's like I've got I can this use now this. yeah and then if you get too close suddenly this sort of horrible straggly haired like dripping figure would emerge out of the lake with the big the big croom and like rake you into the lake so this is so i was just thinking the idea of the mermaid like in my mind 
generally, you know, a bit saucy. Not, Not this more, one. No, but maybe this is a freshwater mermaid. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe. Because, you know, the, the, the typical mermaid from the tales mm. of the sea. Quite beautiful. Quite beautiful, yeah. But it can be dangerous like the siren. Sure, exactly. But they, part of the beauty is part of the way they'll lure you in. Yes, it's Whereas true. this freshwater hag. Well, she's just got a big rake. <laughs> <laughs> she's just literally going to rake you in. So that's a kind of very similar idea as this awful female creature and many beyond Suffolk as well. So here's some other fun stories from around the country. And of course, really, the idea of these creatures is that they're bogeymen or women in this case that, you know, it warns children to stay away from. Which, you know, probably quite wise. Yeah. Probably very easy to drown in a fast flowing river with a (laughs) weedy bottom. Don't go near the river, don't go near the well, don't go near the reservoir or this kind of thing. But there's some similar stories from around the country, but places have quite specific names for them, which is always fun. Because otherwise, how would we have Jenny Berntas? True. Yep. From the very specific name given to Willow the Wisps in East Anglia. Around Liverpool and Lancashire, we have Jenny Green Teeth. Oh, okay. Jenny, a popular name. Ginny Green Teeth or Wicked Jenny. And Jenny Green Teeth is a sprite or a water hag who, again, will drag children and, in this case, also the elderly <laughs> to their deaths. <laughs> anyone vulnerable. Exactly. Anyone vulnerable who shouldn't be near a lake. Yeah. And in the folklore of the area, she has long hair, green skin, and wickedly sharp teeth. And the name Jenny Greenteeth is also given to duckweed or pondweed, which does that horrible thing Clips. where it like, oh, and it wraps around you, doesn't it? So it's that, oh, that horrible idea of the sort of the straggling hair, which is becomes the weed, which like wraps around your limbs and you can't get it off. Oh, and stretching fingers, which come out to grasp you and pull you under. I don't like the idea. (laughs) I don't like the idea of it going under the water. Peg Powler. And Peg Powler haunts the River Tees. And she is described by the 19th century folklorist William Henderson as having long green hair and an insatiable desire for human life. (laughs) Uh, And I also read that, you know, in some rivers you get that like weird foam that builds up on the surface of the river. And that is known as Peg's foam. Oh, Um, where's that come from? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Do you know what? I don't think it's at all intentional, but it's that almost sort of ties in with the uh, like the horror of female sexuality, doesn't it? Like this idea that all these like pegs foam and Mother Lumpkin's hole is this like devouring monstrous thing that's going to suck you under and, and destroy you. A mouthful of teeth. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I think we're reading that into it, possibly. <laughs> I think there's certainly something about the the like the demonization of of old women and that the kind of destruction of ch- children, like the hag wants to destroy young innocent people or in the northwest, old people. Yeah. <laughs> Another example from Britain is Nellie Longarms. <laughs> the story's the same. She waits in rivers, long arms, probably long hair, sharp teeth, mm. to pull in unsuspecting children with her long limbs stretching out onto the shore and grabbing them, snatching them back into the water. Now, we're not Harry Potter fans. This has been established amongst us. I'm not not a Harry Potter fan. I'm just <laughs> not a Harry Potter fan. As You're in, not, not. I don't hate Harry Potter. No. I'm just not. You know, um, and I'm just ignorant. I've just, well, not, I've not, I've not read any of the books. And I've not seen any of the films. You're a bit too old, yeah, for Potter. I, I kind of feel like are. I would like to see, like, some of the later films. I remember, you know, hearing reviews of, thinking, mm, yeah, 
okay, that sounds right. But the fact that you've got to start right at the beginning yeah. and watch three or four at best mediocre oh, films before getting to the good stuff. Read the Wikipedia entry. Right, yeah. Um, anyway, the reason I've brought this up is because there's a, a sort of a general name. So they're all almost specific. So Peg Powell is in the River, mm-hmm. in the River Tees, Jenny Greenteeth's in Liverpool. But a g- more general name given to this kind of creature, particularly in Yorkshire and Lancashire, is Grindylaws or Grindylows. And that's actually probably going to be familiar to Harry Potter readers because it's uh, something that JK Rowling's thieved. She's but she's borrowed. Oh sorry. <laughs> and actually, we shouldn't say thieved because other writers do exactly the same thing where they're like, oh I'll take this yeah, creature yeah, yeah. from folklore. It's just that it JK Rowling has got a bit of a reputation, hasn't she? <laughs> of thieving. Yeah. <laughs> of taking all the ideas and uh, putting them together in Smashing a more powerful them together. field. Yeah. Yeah. But Grindylaws Grindylows appear in Harry Potter and exactly like the and same, the same idea. thing, like a river. Um, yes, although they don't seem to have that specifically female characteristic, although I could be wrong on that. So in Yorkshire, Lancashire folklore, a Grindylaw is this idea of like a water hag, which will snatch you long uh, teeth, hair, green skin, snatching children. And Rowling borrows the terminology to describe some water demons which live in a lake near Hogwarts. Oh. As I understand. Malevolent? Yes, quite. Okay. They'll snatch you in. Right. And I think in one of the books, Hermione has to fight them. She gets out. She's in the water. She's in the water. She can't fight them on dry land. You'd have an unfair advantage. Well, I think the thing is, they won't come out. No, so you've got to go in. It's like Jaws. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You could say, just stay out of the water and there's no problem. And they'll attack children and they have the same thing, like long sinewy arms and fingers green skin, green hair, sharp teeth, all that kind of thing. So they do appear in popular culture mm. as well. I'm thinking of that book we read, The Fisherman, as well. Ooh. Do you remember? There's the, Ooh, the scene good. where the guy thinks he's met his drowned dead wife. Yeah, it's just But then a... she's just a monster full of teeth. Um, I can heartily recommend The Fisherman. It's by John Langan. And it's like a, it's quite new, I think, just a few years old horror story. But it's brilliant novel. I recommend it. And yeah, but not if you're weird about bad underwater hags. <laughs> Or other horrible things. Or alternatively, if you are weird about paddles. Yeah, you'll find it scary. And similar creatures are found in global folklore. Going to just give a few examples. The Kappa of Japan. And this is a small being with webbed fingers and toes, green scaly skin, who will eat any careless child that ventures into the water near them. And a weird thing about the Kappa, which is very specific, is its life force is stored in like a little crevice in its head. <laughs> so to kill them, you have to get Prize the life the force out of its head, basically. Like cracking a nut. Yeah, or a cream egg. <laughs> <laughs> you got to slurp out the gooey enough. <laughs> the border of the Po Valley in Italy roam marshlands and like wetlands, and they will strangle children who won't go to sleep. So classic, that's like the classic bogeyman thing. And the Sicilian Marabecca, or Marabecca, I guess it could be for Italian, and they live in wells and reservoirs. And again, they're used as a sort of bogeyman to scare children away from accidentally drowning. Right, yeah. I mean, you can see there's the the same thing cropping up in many different places. Yeah, absolutely. Essentially for a a very kind of sound reason. Yes, yes. And taking away some of the form. Must it be demonised as an old hag? That's what, that's <laughs> well, what I wonder. <laughs> that's probably indicative of the time in which I'm sure. such beliefs were exactly. Propagated. So let's get back to Lumpkin and her terrifying watery hole. I thought, what a funny name Lumpkin is. Yeah. And the Lumpkin family name can be found in Suffolk ancestry trees going back many, many years. And actually, the further back you go, the P disappears. 
and it's just lumpkin. And there are several generations of lumpkins and lumpkins that can be traced to that same area of Suffolk going back a long time. So I do think... It probably had its uh, origin it... in a real person who existed yeah, at one point. Yeah, I reckon. I just think, oh, I have this horrible thought of probably some poor old woman who like lived alone out by the river and the children used to go, oh, Mother Lumpkin will get you. And then that turned into the story of... Mother Lumpkin's hole, that she was this horrible beast. What do you think? Yep, seems plausible. We do know, though, that the folklore can only date back at the earliest to 1812. Because that's the first Lumpkin on record. No, <laughs> Lumpkins go back further than that, my friend. But because the, the Minsmere River, there's the old river, Minsmere, and then there's the Minsmere New Cut, mm-hmm. which was artificially created drainage system. Right to stop the original river spilling its banks. And Mother Lumpkin's Hole is in the the new new cut, cut. and that was created in 1812. In which case, that seems, in my mind, seems surprisingly modern for the development of such a story. But I think the thing is that the stories already exist. There's obviously, you know, the folklore predates, and then it gets sort of mapped on... Repurposed. Exactly, to this new area. Yeah. Now, I mentioned we're going to have a funny detour to the USA. (laughs) I'll tell you how this came about. It's a tangent... Let's be honest, but it's I find it interesting. And if I find it interesting, I'm going to wager a few other people also find it interesting. It was as I researched the Lumpkin family name, because in my vague hope of finding who was Mother Lumpkin, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're aware the ship Mayflower set sail in 1620. From Plymouth. It's, and it transported a group of English families and travellers to what they perceived to be like the promised land, mainly for religious reasons right. and also just some chances who were like, we'll just, you know... We'll give it a go. For many of them, the primary motive was to escape the Catholic Church because they were Puritans. They wanted to practice their religion freely, get away from Charles I, Uh simplifying massively here, of course. But that, you know, the Catholic Church was, was very much an absolute power... In the UK and people were punished if they deviated from that. So there was no um, freedom of religious expression at the time. And as we know, a lot of that is what some areas of the US are still very super keen on. (laughs) So the Mayflower landed on Cape Cod, now part of Massachusetts. My challenge for the next 10 minutes is saying Massachusetts a lot of times and saying it correctly. And the families that had, had emigrated began to establish their new life. And in subsequent decades, many other emigrants from England and Europe went to the same area to follow because they had these, you know... It's new a, England. It's, it's a bountiful world. Of the 102 travellers that were recorded on the passenger list of the Mayflower, at least a handful can be tracked back to Suffolk, Norfolk and Cambridgeshire. And there are further records of several notable travellers from Suffolk to the new towns around Cape Cod and Massachusetts in the subsequent decades. For example, the founder of the city of Boston and the second governor of Massachusetts was a Sudbury-born man named John Winthrop. Winthrop was a lawyer and Puritan who wanted to escape the decadence and oppression of the Catholic Church. And so he made his way from Suffolk in 1629 out to Cape Cod. And there's also a, a lineage of place names, as you say, New England, but also very specifically... Suffolk place oh, really? names in, in Cape Cod, Ipswich, Framlingham, Haverhill. There's a Haverhill in Cape There's Cod. There's a Haverhill in, uh, yeah, in that area of, wow. of Cape Cod. So they replicated all these names in the New World. So to get to the point of this tangent, funnily enough, there is another location known as Lumpkin's Hole in Cape Cod. Oh, wow. Not Mother Lumpkin, but a Lumpkin. A Lumpkin's Hole. And this is how I found it. And this has a, its own history of horror and kind of supernatural goings on. 
And it's the same idea. It's a, a dark part of a river. Well, it's actually in a cove. Okay. So it's watery. Yeah. But it's not the same folklore. It's a different story. This Lumpkin's Cove is a cove in Wellfleet Harbour in Cape Cod. And this story goes that a fisherman named Lumpkin was drowned and his body was found in the cove. Thereafter, the supernatural light of Lumpkin's lantern can be seen floating above the water. (laughs) And this is described in a book by Daniel Lombardo called Wellfleet. And I just thought, I mean, it's got nothing to do with Mother Lumpkin's hole. I just thought there's an interesting symmetry or even an interesting line that you can say, well, the obviously Lumpkins went from... England and particularly Suffolk, mm. these old Lumpkin families, some of them went out to to the New World, as I call it with quote marks, because obviously <laughs> it wasn't a New World. But you can see that the kind of lineage of those names goes right back to the same spot. And then we end up with another kind of supernatural Lumpkin's hole in Cape Cod. Isn't that fun? Yeah. I like it. And it reminds us that just everywhere, we just like a, a chilling scary story and we like to attach odd meanings to places i think and odd names so there we are great that's my lumpkins and i think other than at the beginning we managed to avoid too much grossness about mother lumpkin's hole i guess the idea of mother lumpkin herself became secondary to the idea of what it represented yeah so the hole no longer became a and really in the in the folklore family tree if you like mother lumpkin's just one of many yes jenny green teeth yeah so you could have Here's Lumpkin, then you could have Jenny Greenteeth, Peg Powler, all those. Then They're you cousins. have Grindy Laws. They're on the same. Then uh... You have the whole lot others, the cap of the border, all that stuff. So just little one Lumpkin leads us up into the <laughs> family tree of strange folklore sea creatures. And before you know it, you're in Cape Cod. Exactly. And another Lumpkin's hole is there. Okay, well, that's the end of that story. Do have a look on our Instagram because we are going to put some bits and pieces up on there. Ruth underscore is underscore stranger. And come back next time because we're going to have some more stories for you. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Okay. See you next time.